The Holy Spirit is essential in our lives for salvation and also for direction, for growth, and for empowerment. We need to remember that faith in Christ is not just about believing in Him, but also of following and remaining or abiding in Him by walking daily with Him, always moving forward, looking to do God's will. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. We'll be talking today about the need for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a common subject in most places of worship today. And many times when there is the discussion, he is being discussed with the wrong emphasis or focus, or quite simply, there are some very wrong assumptions made. Despite that, the Holy Spirit is essential in the life of every believer, so there must be a clear understanding of him and on the essentials involving him. He needs to come inside of our hearts for salvation, and He needs to be upon us so that we can effectively serve the Lord. Today's message is inspired on Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 8. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord God. For yours is the kingdom and the power forever and ever, O Lord. Lord God, there is no one like you. I praise you and I worship you, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you please forgive my sins. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you please, God, guide us. Help us to understand. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to have an open mind and that our hearts may be ready to accept your truth. Help us to understand the importance of the Holy Spirit and what he needs to be in our lives. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's key passage is in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 8. This is the word of the Lord. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. There are many things that can be said about the Holy Spirit and about his importance. It's not an easy subject but we will go through some basic concepts as part of today's message, some essentials. We can first start by answering the question, who is the Holy Spirit? The Word of God clearly states that He, because He is a divine person or being, is the third person of God, the Trinity. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. One of the things that is essential to understand and believe is that God is three persons combined or together in perfect unity. 
The Lord is one, as it is written, but also three very distinct persons or beings. In Genesis, when God created things in this world, it is revealed to us that God is a plural God or that his person is composed of more than one being. In the ancient Hebrew, the term that is used in the creation passages is plural. If we read Genesis chapter 26, we see this even clearer in our English language where it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. This is how we understand that Jesus Christ has always been since eternity, that his existence didn't start when he was born into this world. The Apostle John wrote this in the beginning of the Gospel of John in chapter one, where it says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. And it is also written in Colossians chapter one, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. The Lord Jesus Christ has always been, and this Holy Spirit that the Word of God talks about also. Now, why is the Holy Spirit necessary to us? Why did Paul make a big deal of him? As we explain, we need to keep in mind that the Holy Spirit has two manifestations in the life of every believer, for him to be inside of us and upon us, and that both are necessary. The first is the inside of us, or the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which is where Paul starts off. The Lord explained that after his resurrection and ascension, that the Holy Spirit would be sent so that we would not be on our own anymore. He spoke of him as the helper or the paracletus, as written in the ancient Greek, which means helper, counselor, or advocate. In John chapter 14, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And so when there is true faith, which consists of more than just believing, but of starting to do God's will, which is what he meant by saying, if you love me, keep my commandments, then the helper, the spirit of truth, or the Holy Spirit will come to dwell inside of us. This is what happens when a person repents and converts from all their sins and accepts Jesus Christ as the Lord of their lives because that is the beginning of the obedience towards God. Those are the first steps a person must take to come in line, if you will, with God. And this is what Jesus Christ referred to as being born again. Now, why is this essential or necessary? Because we cannot follow God on our own or through our own strength. We can't do it alone. We need help. And the only way that we can come to understand what is necessary and be led and empowered through God's truth to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This is, for instance, how we come to understand the scriptures. The word of God cannot be understood or discerned through human intellect alone. It is necessary to have the Holy Spirit in our lives so we can understand all truth through our personal relationship experience with God through Christ Jesus. That is one of the main things that the Holy Spirit does in the life of a new convert. 
And that is one of the signs that a person has in fact converted to the Lord when they start to feel a certain urge or hunger for God's word. That is the Holy Spirit leading them to the truth they need in their lives. This is what the Lord said in John chapter 16. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is essential in our lives for salvation and also for direction, for growth, and for empowerment. We need to remember that faith in Christ is not just about believing in him, but also of following and remaining or abiding in him by walking daily with him, always moving forward, looking to do God's will. Which brings us to the second manifestation of the Holy Spirit that is necessary in the life of every believer or when he comes upon us. We need the Holy Spirit to serve the Lord and that experience requires that the Holy Spirit comes upon us, the epi experience. The word epi means upon, as if you were clothed with the Holy Spirit. The Lord said this to the disciples before ascending to heaven after the resurrection. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The first thing we need to look at in this point is the why. Why do we need to serve the Lord? Doing the Lord's will is a requirement for salvation. As a believer, you cannot sit idly by and least of all, just think about fulfilling your own will and desires. If you don't serve the Lord with your life, then you will not be allowed to enter the kingdom of God. It is that simple. For it is written, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Salvation is a free gift, but to be saved, it is necessary to do God's will. We were made and created and now saved through Jesus Christ for good works. That is our purpose, and we need to fulfill our purpose. Quite simply, if a person does not fulfill the very purpose God made them and saved them for, then they are making themselves useless. And what happens with things that are useless? This is what the Bible explains in Ephesians chapter 2, for it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and then out of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works as anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are not saved through works, but rather we are saved for good works, which consist of doing the will of the Father. If a believer in Jesus Christ does not have good works, their faith is dead. Just as is written in James chapter 2, where it says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And so it is quite clear we must serve the Lord. We must have good works. And that's where the Holy Spirit is essential. Now, how does this epi or upon experience happen? 
which by the way, the scriptures refer to as being filled of the Holy Spirit also. The concept is used interchangeably in the word of God. Either the Holy Spirit comes upon a person or a person can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, through the word of God, we see that it can happen in two ways. But of course, after a person has converted to the Lord, never before. The first is through the laying of hands by other believers that are already serving the Lord and have the Holy Spirit on them. Or the second, through a point of maturity in the life of a believer where sufficient growth and communion with the Lord has occurred, when there is a very strong and immovable conviction. And this varies from person to person depending on their faith. We read in our key passage the first instance where Paul laid his hands on these disciples of John the Baptist. But we also read of the second instance in Acts chapter 10 where we are shown the conversion of Cornelius with his family. After Cornelius and his family had come to believe fully in Christ with complete conviction, the Holy Spirit came upon them. There was no laying of hands in this instance. This is what it says. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speaking with tongues and magnified God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. And so a question may now arise, and this is a bit of a point of contention among some believers. When the Holy Spirit comes upon a person, is the manifestation or evidence of this upon or the fullness of the Holy Spirit experience speaking in angelic tongues? And the answer is no. Speaking in angelic tongues is not necessarily a manifestation that a person has been baptized by the Holy Spirit or had the EP experience or is full of the Holy Spirit. This is what the scriptures teach about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And so right there, we see that the Holy Spirit distributes gifts as he wills, which means that the gift of angelic tongues is not a requirement for every believer. And they may full well have had the Holy Spirit upon them. Every believer that has come to that upon experience will have at least one gift. Now, how can I be so sure 
that speaking in angelic tongues is not the only way that the Holy Spirit upon experience is manifested. Quite simply, if we go back to the day of Pentecost, we read the following in the book of Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And when this hound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And so it is quite clear that the gift of tongues received here at Pentecost and without the laying of hands, by the way, were not of angelic tongues, but rather of different human languages. Do angelic tongues exist? Yes. But again, they are not evidence that the Holy Spirit has come upon the follower of Jesus Christ. What was the point here with the gifts of the Holy Spirit? To serve the Lord. Speaking in different languages was necessary to spread the gospel. The whole point of having the Holy Spirit come upon us is for service, which again, every single believer must come to at some point in their life. And so the Holy Spirit is essential to come to the salvation that God has for those that repent and convert from all of their sins, believing and accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord of their lives. And he is essential to maintaining that salvation in Christ Jesus to help a person serve the Lord by living out God's purpose and will for their lives. Without the Holy Spirit of God, we have nothing. There is no salvation and certainly no abiding in Christ without the Holy Spirit. So my advice to you is to make as clear as possible the manifestation of the Holy Spirit of God in your life today by making sure that you have in fact converted to Christ so you can start the journey towards eternal life. The Holy Spirit of God is an amazing gift that comes to our lives by being born again in Christ. There is no other way for the Holy Spirit to come live inside of our lives. This is why it is so critical to make sure that this born again experience happens in a person's life so that they can have the full experience required to enter the kingdom of God. Salvation in Christ is a very exact thing. There are certain things that must happen so that the miracle can occur because it is a miracle. God coming to live in our lives and in our hearts is not a right or something that happens on its own. We must use our free will to come to have that personal and intimate relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way that happens 
is when a person repents and converts from all of their sins, not just some of their sins. There must be complete surrender to God. There cannot be the sentiment that many people have where they think that they only need or want to repent from certain things only. Here's where most people fail to start this relationship with God because they don't have complete surrender. There's usually something that is holding them back from that complete surrender. They don't want to let go of something. They're only repentant about certain things, but not of everything. It is many times also a problem with pride. They don't want to accept that everything they have done is wrong. But this is a requirement for true conversion. And of course, another vital part of conversion is complete faith. There can be no doubting in the person of Jesus Christ and on who he is and what he has done. If there is doubt when surrendering to the Lord, then new life is not possible. And so there must be 100% repentance and conversion from all sin and the full and complete acceptance of Jesus Christ as the Lord and God he is and the things he has done like the acknowledgement of what he has done on the cross and his resurrection. These are critical, vital, and essential things to understand and believe so that this born-again experience, this new beginning, can occur through Jesus Christ. And of course, this is the only way the Holy Spirit can come to live inside our hearts. And so for your own sake, I would urge you to make sure that you have started a true, genuine, and intimate relationship with the Lord so that the Holy Spirit can in fact come and live within your heart so you can start experiencing God for yourself today. He wants to do great and wonderful things in your life. He, of course, wants to grant you eternal life and all the things that come with it, but you must start by completely surrendering to Him. Coming and surrendering to Christ is only the beginning of the eternal journey. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, blessed be your name. Thank you, O Lord, for the opportunity of salvation that you give us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And thank you, Lord God, because we don't have to walk this journey alone. But you have promised us through Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray, O God, that you may Help us to understand clearly the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that is listening right now to this message, that if they've not yet come to have that saving relationship through Jesus Christ, that they have not yet come to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in their lives, I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you please help them. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you open their understanding and that they completely repent and turn away from all of their sins, and that they accept with complete faith Jesus Christ as the Lord of their lives. Heavenly Father, I pray, O oh God, that you help us, O oh Lord, to understand salvation and what we are saved for. To you be all the honor and the glory and the praise forever and ever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. 
The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.